MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 11th, 2021. Today, Trump records a tepid unity video and then publicly regrets it after being banned from every social media platform from Pornhub to Pinterest. Multiple officials are saying there might have been a coordinated effort to stop a National Guard response to the insurrection. The FBI is executing multiple arrests for the attack on the Capitol. Another call is unearthed from Trump to Georgia election officials. And the U.S. attorney in Georgia that suspiciously resigned was actually pushed out and replaced with someone that intends to investigate the election on behalf of Trump. I'm your host, A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. So quite a weekend for the news. Oh, um, my goodness. The fallout here is intense. There's so much news coming out. It's such a breakneck pace. I'm having a hard time remembering where we left off. I had to go back to my script from Friday. Um, today, we'll be talking to civil rights attorney and vice president of policy and strategic engagement at Lawyers for Good Government. His name is Adam Fernandez, and we're going to discuss their letter that 7,000 lawyers have signed on to demanding the invocation of the 25th Amendment and impeachment, not or, and. Um, it's been it's been a long week. I It has, and I think there's probably a lot of people listening, AG, that have a lot of anger and fury inside them at the response to what's happening. And I'm glad that they're arresting these SOBs, these white supremacists, these privileged fuckers, um, I'm glad that they're arresting him, but these videos, these videos going around of this mob beating a cop to death, these these Blue Lives Matter people beating a cop to death on the Capitol steps is nauseating and infuriating. So I think this has been a lot for a lot of us, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do a little palate cleanser and work through some of this and uh, process it for you so you don't have to as a listener. Yeah. And, you know, I have a huge blind spot in, in my periphery because of my privilege. Uh, but watching that video today of the man who stormed the Capitol being refused to be allowed on a, a Delta flight because he's been put on the no fly list, wandering around the airport, crying, yelling, I, my life is ruined. My life is ruined. I, I can't think I'm so angry because he is, first of all, alive, breathing, walking around, not in prison, uh, and blaming others. They ruined my life. They ruined my life. Uh, and it's... it's they, they called me a terrorist. I'm like, because you're a terrorist. You're, you you're a domestic terrorist. To be glad you're drawing breaths and not in prison. I'm assuming he will go to prison. At least I hope he does. Um, I'm just... I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Uh, it's like makes me physically, it's physically hard to cope with. Like I feel like I'm having a physiological response to it. And tomorrow, uh, not on today's show, but on tomorrow's show, we're going to have uh, Riel Jones come on and join us and talk about um, this huge blind spot uh, with privilege and how it relates to this insurrection. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that discussion. But we do have a lot of headlines to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, the lead story today, there's so many, uh, but it's the fallout of the insurrection of January 6th. And 
the increasing probability that there may have been coordination between the White House and the Pentagon to sabotage the National Guard response. Washington Post has reported that memos were sent out from the Pentagon, seriously kneecapping the response to calls for help from top lawmakers inside bunkers in the Capitol during the attack. We know Trump removed Mark Esper and installed Chris Miller as the acting secretary of defense, along with installing Kosh Patel in a high-level position at the Pentagon. He's a Nunes friend. Uh, And we know from uh, Biden that they were, you know, the Pentagon was pushing back on transition assistance. The memo that was sent out said that any additional ammunition or assistance, air assistance from the National Guard or, um, you know, national federal law enforcement agencies had to have the explicit approval of the acting secretary of defense. But nobody could get a hold of him that that day. And there's reporting saying that assistance was denied, ultimately delaying for at least two hours the deployment of assistance. The entire presidential succession could have been taken out in this attack. I personally think this was a coordinated effort, personally, between Trump and the Pentagon, Department of Homeland Security, and Republicans in Congress, including Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, and multiple members of the House, including Nunes and Jim Jordan, who curiously just received Medals of Freedom in a closed ceremony, by the way, uh, to keep Congress in session and delay law enforcement response so the insurrection could succeed. If true... Six people, including two Capitol Police officers, have lost their lives. I mean, that that is the case, whether that, you know, whether the coordination is true or not. But the blood is on their hands. And we learned to and we learned today that a second Capitol Police officer at the insurrection has died. The first was beaten to death and the second died by suicide, bringing the death toll now to six. Shortly after the attack, I tweeted out in a thread that I thought that this was an inside job. And I got a lot of pushback, called an alarmist, called a conspiracy theorist, reminded me of 2017 when I said Russia had interfered in our election. But let's listen to what Representative Jayapal had to say about it on CNN. And forgive the sound quality, I recorded it off my television after tweeting about it and having several people question my reporting. So let's listen. The fact that he called out the National Guard, he didn't call out the National Guard. He did everything he could to prevent us from having the security. And I believe and even the French intelligence and NATO intelligence is saying that the White House either explicitly or implicitly controlled much of what happened yesterday or to be more accurate, what did not happen in securing the United States Capitol. People are like, you you, you need to put the, your source. And I'm like, well, source is my ears and her fucking mouth. <laughs> I need, a, I need a goddamn blue check mark, dude. Oh, please don't take that off, Mac. Leave that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm leaving it in. Um, so that that's what she has to say. French, like our our military allies, intelligence allies, the Five Eyes in France now are reporting this. And we're now seeing the rest of, so far, 18 insurrectionists have been charged and arrested, including the Buffalo douchebag. Thank God. The guy who led the mob against the lone black officer. The asshole that put his feet up on Pelosi's desk, the zip tie guy, it's just been reported that he's been arrested, and the dickhole that walked off with Speaker Pelosi's lectern and tried to sell it on eBay. He's a, he's a, a stay-at-home dad taking care of five kids. I, I don't know who's the positive influence on his children now that he's gone. I, I mean, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. And also that West Virginia lawmaker... Uh, who resigned this week for storming the Capitol, has also been taken into custody by the FBI. He's been arrested as well. Now, listen, when they grab that video, AG, and uh, listen, there's, there are certain reasons some people have to live at home. I understand that. But he was picked up with his grandmother there. Um, and it was a 
it was a it it looked like um like the bad version of Eminem getting picked up at eight mile like during in eight mile he's like in hoodie and sweats and I'm like this guy just got elected to office. I know it kind of reminded me of that Brad Parscale video where the cop showed yes. up and tackled him with a beer in his hand and he's like the former head of the fucking Trump campaign. Not to mention his grandmother thanked Trump for co- coordinating the riot. Literally on tape. I want to thank the president. I want to thank the president for coordinating the riot. Mm, but you know, we get in trouble for calling them deplorable. Okay, I know. Now Republicans like Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan are calling for unity, as Pelosi has committed to impeaching Trump for a second time if Pence does not invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Pence initially refused to invoke, but then I guess he had second thoughts and he told the press he wouldn't take it off the table if something worse happened. Wh- do they need to be successful? at? Ha- or is the ghost of Pence going to come back and invoke the 25th Amendment? I don't understand. Pen- I feel like, and I tweeted this, they're wait- Pence is waiting for him to literally shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and everyone tweeted back and said, it's probably going to be Pence. Yeah, yeah. Pence, do yourself a favor. Stay off Fifth Avenue, okay? Uh, Pelosi has promised to impeach if Pence fails to invoke the 25th. I say do it anyway, even if Pence does invoke the 25th. I'm sure she has the votes in the House to do it or she wouldn't be going about it this way. Um, And, you know, we're also going to be talking to somebody a little bit later in the show um, about doing this. And uh, she filed articles of impeachment. The article of impeachment is for the incitement of an insurrection, and it covers, it includes the call Trump made to Raffensperger when he pressured him to find the 11,780 votes. But now another call has been unleashed. Dana, what do you have on that? So, the, oh, AG, that's right. So we're finding out now, this is from the Washington Post, that the President Trump urged Georgia's lead elections investigator, the lead elections investigator to, quote, find the fraud in a lengthy December phone call saying the official would be a national hero. You'll be a national hero, according to an individual familiar with the call who spoke on the condition of an anonymity, uh, because obviously the sensitivity of the conversation. However, Trump placed the call to the investigations chief for the Georgia Secretary of State's office shortly before Christmas. Now, while the individual was leading an inquiry into allegations of ballot fraud in Cobb County in the suburbs of Atlanta, now, according to people familiar with the episode. So the president's attempts to intervene, this is an ongoing investigation. This could amount to obstruction of justice or other criminal violations, legal experts are saying, uh, though they caution the case could be difficult to prove in that. But since election day, Trump has made at least three calls to government officials in Georgia, three calls. And from what I understand, he tried to call Brad, 18 times before Brad returned his phone call. <laughs> I'm like, Brad. I know. We're just calling him Brad. Just calling him Brad. Um, and so he had called three other uh, officials in, in, gov- in Georgia in an attempt to subvert President elect Joe Biden's victory. Uh, this was beginning a, a conversation with Governor Brian Kemp in early December, basically just berating him, though, to berate him for certifying the election results in the first place. And so from Andrew Desiderio uh, at Politico, basically said it's the worst kept secret in Georgia that Abrams, yes, is gearing up for a rematch against Kemp in 2022. And that's, as we know, in 2018, I mean, it was a narrow victory uh, for Kemp when he stole that election. Yeah. And how many more voters has she brought onto the rolls in the last two years? Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands. Um, so basically, she's been spending years building a coalition that, as we know, helped Biden win Georgia and ultimately the presidency. Now, meanwhile, 
Kemp's survival, he's basically on the line. I mean, the GOP here is splintering ahead of the must-win runoffs, as we know. Uh, we And we, we got him. We, we, we got both seats, and, and we saw what was happening with um, the GOP during that time. They were all going after each other. They knew this was done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope she runs. I think she'll win. Absolutely. And she deserves it. Uh, and Trump is basically in a shame spiral right now. He has, he has officially been suspended permanently from Twitter, along with every social media platform from Twitch to Pinterest. I mentioned Pornhub earlier, but I think that was a joke, but it might not be I a joke. I don't know if it's a joke. <laughs> what kind of Joanne Fabrics grandmother do you have to piss off to get banned from Pinterest? <laughs> <laughs> like what's what's Trump pinning? Oh goodness, uh, white supremacists just to the yeah. top of his feed. Different patches to wear on your insurrection uniform. Yeah. Uh, Forbes wrote a piece saying that any company that hires any of Trump's fabulists, as they called them, will be blacklisted. Good. We've got idiot Devin Nunes. This is one of my favorite things. Devin <laughs> Nunes was bitching and moaning. Um, he actually went on national television, AG. To say that Republicans had no way to communicate now. Um, I'm going to repeat that if anyone missed that. Devin Nunes said on television that they have no way to communicate with each other. I'm like, you're on national television, you fuckwad. You're actually communicating right now. I just don't understand the stupidity with these guys. And Junior, Don Jr. tweeted from his account and said, uh, Big Tech has completely eviscerated the First Amendment and free speech. I'm like, didn't you just send that tweet? <laughs> uh, that you didn't have to pay for over a big tech company. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're the fucking administration. They can put out press releases. They, 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 like normal fucking presidents speak to the public through. You can hold a press conference. You can, you know, I mean, I doubt anybody would air it because he would probably just incite some more insurrection. But, you know, it... it he, you're the president. You have a press. You have a press corps in the White House to communicate. Yes, forty-three presidents managed to communicate with the general public before Twitter, and then Obama did it without a BlackBerry for like two weeks. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I don't want to give up my BlackBerry or smoking. Come on, Michelle. Oh man. Um. So this is just unbelievable. Meanwhile, the seditionists are complaining about losing followers on Twitter. Instead of worrying about the 4,000 people dying every day of COVID, shortly after the insurrection, Trump put out a heavily edited video. I don't know if you watched this video, but they kept cutting and doing different angles and trying to make it look like they were just like it was. We're just editing it for uh, artistic purposes. No, there was probably times when he when he was saying absolutely in inciting things or, you know, just wrong shit, you know, not part of the message that his aides wanted to get out. And so they were cutting parts out and editing it. And and sh so after that, um, and, and, you know, as Mary Trump pointed out, you and I have talked to Mary a lot. He didn't actually concede in that right. video and he never will. No. Um, then he immediately started tweeting from as many other Twitter accounts as he could, including the official POTUS account, which he never really tweeted from. Oh, my God, that was so funny. And the Trump campaign account. Uh, and he was tweeting he regretted the video and he was calling for more insurrection. We must fight on, blah, blah, blah. The tweets were swiftly deleted uh, by Twitter. It was like whack-a-mole for a minute there. And Amazon now has announced that it will no longer host the Parler app after Google and Apple removed it from their platforms. Which is fantastic. Par that's tonight, Sunday night. Par Parler's going to be shut down. And now they're trying to build their own 
fucking hosting platform and it's going to be funny because Republicans can't tech. Oh my God. I'm just glad that this is happening. You know, for me, sometimes it's, this is a little, obviously way too late, but at the same time, um, who knows what he could do in the next 10 days. So let's just kneecap him. Let's get him done. Let's get out of him. Yeah. And the fact that McConnell has said that he's not going to decide on whether or not they're going to impeach until January 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Right. He doesn't have to delay until then. He can do it immediately, but he's choosing to delay. And anything that happens in between that window of impeachment, the impeachment vote, and Mitch deciding to think about taking it up is on him. It will be on him and and Pence for not invoking the 25th Amendment. The blood will be on their hands, and we know they are planning. this. The, inf- the insurrection is active. It's ongoing. We're going to talk a little bit more with uh, Adam Fernandez about that later. It's not over. We shouldn't we shouldn't refer to it in the past tense right. because it's conti- it continues. Well, and the coordination with this runs deep, deep into our government. So this weekend, we learned that wife of Justice Clarence Thomas, Ginny Thomas, she endorsed the rally in Washington, demanding that Congress overturn the election. She then sent her quote-unquote love to the insurrectionist AG. I'm not kidding. Additionally, mm-hmm. several sources report that sponsored eighty that she sponsored 80 busloads of protesters to Wednesday's insurrection at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And protesters is, in, protesters is in quotes, by yes, the way. I, yeah. I don't want anyone to think that Dana or I are referring to this as a protest. No, they're rioters. These are fucking domestic terrorists. Um so that's from the Daily Cost, and we should clarify that none of the majors um, have been confirmed that reporting. However, it's 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 out there. Um, now, remember, we actually reported that the attorney general in Georgia has mysteriously resigned when you covered that, even though he had said he would be staying till January 20th. Well, um, in a Reuters report, it seems the White House pushed the top federal prosecutor in Atlanta to resign before Georgia's U.S. Senate runoff because President Trump won his, he was unhappy that he wasn't doing enough to investigate Trump's unfounded claims of election fraud. And that's from the Wall Street Journal on Saturday. Um, the Justice, Justice Department on Tuesday tapped a new federal prosecutor to lead the Atlanta office. That was a day after the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Georgia. Uh, BJ, he abruptly resigned. And then, of course, guess what? Yes, the top federal prosecutor in Savannah, Georgia, whom President Trump recently tapped to take over the U.S. Attorney's Office in Atlanta, has brought to his new assignment two assistants previously tasked with monitoring possible election fraud, raising fears that he might be taking steps to lend credibility now to Trump's baseless claims of electoral malfeasance. Uh, and that's what people are familiar with Matterer saying. So the move by U.S. Attorney Bobby Christine is the waning days of the Trump administration follows unusual events this week in federal prosecutor offices in Atlanta and Savannah that have fueled suspicions among legal observers of political interference in law enforcement work. So there's a lot of sketchy shit happening there. We've seen this. We actually saw a lot of this with the whole Ukraine deal. Like he pushes people out and he puts other people in that he thinks are going to help him. Mm-hmm. Just like he pushed out two, three of the top four people at the Pentagon. Yep. Which I think, at first, you know, we got a lot of people saying, oh, he's planning a military coup, military coup. And we were like, no, it's not a military coup. The Joint Chiefs will not participate in a military coup. Little did we know he was installing them to prevent the National Guard from responding to the events of January 6th. And that is being currently investigated. I'm sure it will be proven. Those are my beans. There is no smoking gun yet. 
Um, but, you know, everyone's been like, you know, the FBI is quiet, the DHS is quiet, everybody's quiet. I just want to say that it could be that we aren't getting any information because this is an open and ongoing investigation and they can't comment. Right. So keep that in mind before, you know, let's reserve judgment on leadership at the FBI, um, you know, before we decide why they're being quiet because like like I said it could be because and there is an ongoing investigation and we know it is improper for the FBI or anyone in the FBI James Comey to comment on open and ongoing investigations to the public right (laughs) (laughs) anyway we'll be right back with Adam Fernandez as I said we're going to discuss the 25th amendment and impeachment as you know I am for both so stay with us we'll be right back after the Hey everybody, it's AG. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our four-legged family members and our pod pets, and we're more aware of their daily needs, health issues, and well-being. So if you've noticed your pet is itchy or smells less than pleasant, check out Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor is now my go-to pet brand for grooming products. It helps with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. I recently got the Grooming Essentials Kit with probiotic shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer, and all of has never looked or smelled better. Scout's Honor's probiotic grooming products are scientifically proven, natural solutions, for treating your pet's skin problems. When applied to the skin, probiotics support healthy bacteria and fight against bad bacteria that cause irritation and smell. Choose from their amazing fragrances. My personal favorite is sandalwood vanilla. It's so delicious. It's called Dog of the Woods. (laughs) And with every purchase, Scout's Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need. And you know how we love that kind of stuff. So with Scout's Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. Check out all of Scout's Honor's award-winning products today, available online wherever pet supplies are sold. To receive 20% off your first order, though, you can go to scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans. Remember, that's scouts with a K. Scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, joining me today is a veteran civil rights attorney and vice president of policy and strategic engagement at Lawyers for Good Government. Uh, and his name is Adam Fernandez. Adam, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me on this, uh, the eve of a historic second impeachment vote of a sitting president. Yeah, it's going to be very, uh, it's going to be very interesting. We've had, we've had a, a hell of a week, to be honest. <laughs> And um, I'm so excited to talk to you. You before we 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 came online here, you told me a little bit about how the fact that you took class from Steve Vladek, one of our former guests. Yeah, no, Steve's great, uh, and uh, have know a, a lot of the people who we'll be talking about in today's program. But yeah, Steve's great. Uh, you know, you I know you're a vet. Uh, I'm a civil rights attorney who's studied with Steve, and like something that I think is important from a national security perspective that we th- that we think about. Is is that you know the the 911 commission report faulted the Clinton administration for like minor delays due to the 2000 election lawsuit um what we're seeing right now is a hell of a lot worse. Um, we have no president effectively for the next two weeks. And that's really dangerous, both domestically and internationally. Uh, and is something that we all need to be thinking about when we're dealing with uh, this, this uh, attempted insurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we, and we've talked about that on the show leading up to this lame duck period. We're like, yay, if Joe Biden wins. But uh-oh. 
I mean, if he was already checked out before, which he was, he's going to check, check out, and and we're going to be very vulnerable. And and our our uh, foreign adversaries know that during transitions we're we're vulnerable, even when they go well. So it does put us in a very precarious position. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about first of all what Lawyers for Good Government is, and what what is the work that you're doing. So yeah, we we started uh, in the aftermath of the 2016 election, uh, actually as a Facebook group, one of those Facebook groups that grew up out of nowhere. Um, we have 125,000 attorneys in our our uh, community. Um, that's one in ten attorneys in the United States, and uh, so uh, we we like to joke that you know um, like we are uh, the progressive communities. Um, uh, legal community, uh, and we, unlike some some other organizations, we do progressive community calls to action with our attorneys. Um, we uh, supported and marched on Washington for the first impeachment. Um, uh, we we managed uh, to get the largest ever attorney sign on letter opposing uh, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and most recently, last week, um, like uh, within a few hours, uh, we we pulled together uh, a attorney sign-on letter uh, calling for immediate Twenty Fifth Amendment and impeachment. And uh, within twenty four hours, we uh, had seven thousand attorneys, uh, roughly seven thousand attorneys, who um, uh, who joined that call for immediate Twenty Fifth Amendment and uh, immediate impeachment, uh, because we're we're in a really bad place. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, I I work in D.C. I I work in those halls of Congress from time to time. Um, like our democracy was literally attacked, uh, and. Our members of Congress need to know that a we have their backs. We see that they were literally attacked, um, but also that we understand that this attack isn't over. Um, like you know, we I think it's really important that we're precise with our words. I'm not someone who's prone to hyperbole. Uh, Trump and his insurrectionists uh, committed insurrection as pre as you've sent it on your show before uh like president uh, elect biden um said that it was insurrection bordering on sedition um and as having read the insurrection and sedition uh, statutes i have to agree um <laughs> but we also need to be careful with the verb tense that we use um january 6 was an act of insurrection but all points indicate that that insurrection hasn't ended we're currently in an ongoing insurrection, and we need Vice President Pence and our members of Congress to know that as they consider the 25th Amendment and impeachment, um, it won't end until they end it. And if they fail to hold the insurrectionists to account, I mean, our democracy might survive this attack, but we'll be inviting future attacks of increasing severity until we don't have a democracy anymore. So yeah, we've, we've got to band together and do everything in our power uh, to get uh, Trump out of office as soon as possible. You know, just like two weeks isn't fast enough. No, it's not. Um, and be, like you said, this is an active insurrection. It's not over. And they are planning future ones. And historically, I, I'm sure that you know this too, failed coups are often attempted again and again uh, until they're successful. Uh, I, I would like to think 
that they know that uh, in D.C., but it didn't seem like they were prepared for what happened on the 6th. Uh, but that could have been by design. I'm not going to speculate. I have speculated in other uh, <laughs> forums, but we're not going to go into that here. Let's talk a little bit about the 25th Amendment, though, and some of the legalities about that surround the 25th Amendment. Uh, Pence, as you know, said yesterday that at first last week, he's like, nope, I'm not going to consider the 25th Amendment. Yesterday, he said he's not taking it off the table, but he's waiting for something worse to happen. Though, I'm not sure what's worse than his attempted assassination, but which hasn't been proven yet, but I'm just going by the chance and the fact that there was an actual gallows uh, constructed <laughs> at the Capitol. But he, he, if he did invoke the 25th, how many cabinet members would need to sign on, considering many of them are acting? I don't think acting cabinet members get a vote. And many have resigned, although they haven't quite left yet. If, you've, if you're in that weird limbo period where you're just, you know, using your vacation hours until you, you're out, but you're not effectively working. How does that legally work with the 25th Amendment? So that's a Good question. And I'm going to, I don't want to have to give the lawyerly, it depends. But like the problem is at the end of the day, the the 25th Amendment is silent on this issue. And we don't know. Um, it could be that uh, you, that uh, acting uh, members of the cabinet don't apply. Or it could be that acting members of the cabinet do apply. But regardless of whether it's that they don't apply or that they do apply, um, it's got to be both in the numerator and the denominator. Um, so you can't say that acting members, um, like, uh, or rather that you need um, fully, uh, full members of the cabinet working um, uh, in the numerator, but uh, not in the denominator. So if you only have three members of the cabinet and you're going to take the position that it's only uh, Senate confirmed members, then it's got to be, you know, two out of three uh, uh, in order to to vote for 25th Amendment. Um, you know, uh, speaking of Steve Laddick, <laughs> um, I was listening to his National Security Law podcast and uh, he, he went through the procedure of the 25th Amendment. And so first... Uh, Pence and the cabinet, they uh, vote or, and they sent a letter to Congress saying that we're invoking the 25th Amendment. Then Trump has an opportunity to send a second letter that says, uh, no, I'm in sound mind and this I, I don't acknowledge that. Uh, and then Pence and the cabinet have the opportunity to send Another letter that says that uh, no, really, we uh, he, Trump has to be out of office. But in the meantime, while they do this, he's not the president. It's like four days or something, right? So when Pence when when Pence sends the first letter, he's not the president. When Trump sends the second letter, he's the president again. And then when the third letter happens, he's not the president anymore. So the thing that Steve brought up in his National Security Law podcast was that Trump has the power to fire the cabinet in, after the second letter, which is a reason to say that it's probable that acting members of the cabinet have to be um, have to be considered in the 25th Amendment mm. because otherwise the president has the ability to fire his accusers and the 25th Amendment won't work. That can't be the case. So I think it's got to probably be that 
25th Amendment um, includes acting, but it's it's all uncharted territory, and we won't know until it happens. And he, we know he can't fire Pence, so if he fires his whole cabinet, can then Pence by himself invoke the 25th Amendment? That's a great question. I Again, uncharted territory, I, right? Uncharted territories, but the, the text of the 25th Amendment discusses the cabinet. To me, that implies, and like I'm no scholar here, um, but to me that implies that I, it probably has to include the acting cabinet. Um, but but again, uncharted territory. And this is why uh, when, you know, at Lawyers for Good Government, we we got our 7000 attorneys to, uh, you know, in a little less than 24 hours, call for impeachment and 25th Amendment. Impeachment um, is a certain process that we've gone through before um, where 25th Amendment it, it isn't. So we have some precedent when we use impeachment. And me personally, I've been calling. I say 25th Amendment isn't enough. Maybe use it to start that process. But we definitely have to I think we have to impeach, too. And uh, we'll talk about impeachment here in a minute. Um, just one quick question. And then I've got to take a quick break. Uh, but does the 25th Amendment? I don't I don't think it does. Uh, but I'm, I'm asking just to get this information out there. Does it bar him from holding office again and bar him from having a, us having to pay for a, a Secret Service detail and all that stuff? So uh, to your second question about Secret Service detail um, and other perks that come from being an ex-president, I mean, there's nothing in the Constitution that requires those. Um, and frankly, 25th Amendment or not, impeachment or not, I think there there should be um ways to look at ways to strip him of these things uh, of the perks that come with being a former president like legislation just a, just some legislation yeah, exactly yeah um yeah. but to your question about the the 25th amendment um yeah i think i i think it should also be a way uh, to to get rid of to get rid of that mm-hmm. um, and i'm sorry you had a, a, a another sub question Oh, just just what the Twenty Fifth Amendment bars, um, because I'm I'm also wondering if you can if you don't imp- if you impeach him but don't remove him, and then can you pass legislation standalone that strips him of those privileges, including holding office again? Is that something you can do separately, or does it have to be attached to a conviction at an impeachment trial and removal? Yeah, uh, I th- I think you can do that uh, separately. And to your question of being barred, uh, yeah, uh, impeachment. Uh, does allow for uh, the barring of future um, uh, office holding, but unfortunately, 25th Amendment doesn't. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about that more in detail, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Absolutely. All right, great. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by the most delicious thing I've ever put in my mouth, Magic Spoon cereal. If you're a cereal lover like me, uh, you have to try Magic Spoon. As a, as a kid, I used to eat cereal all the time, but I had to give it up as an adult because of all the carbs and guilt and chemicals and sugar. But Magic Spoon has none of that. It's brought back my love of cereal. It's delicious. You seriously won't believe it's made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. Truly, it's so good, you won't believe it's healthy. As Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value as opposed to the other stuff, which offers none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Magic Spoon cereals uh, amazingly have zero grams of sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It is, ready? 
Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part is it's delicious. They have four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry for that vintage nostalgia feel. It's delicious, and I can't I can't talk about it enough. It's, it's seriously my favorite thing to eat right now. My favorite right now is cocoa. It's chocolatey and delicious, and I drink that chocolate milk afterwards. It's so good. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans, grab a variety pack, and try all four flavors today. Be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout because you'll get free shipping in addition. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking to Adam Fernandez about 25th Amendment, removal, impeachment. How do we get rid of this president? Uh, even though he's got 10 days left, I mean, it only took 12 hours to do what he did. And now we have six people dead, if you include the officer who just died by suicide, um, that was just reported. Um, he was there. Um, I, I can't imagine it, it would be for any other reason, although we don't know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's horrible. I, I hadn't heard that. That's. Uh, that's breaking news. (laughs) It is. It's breaking news. I just found out this morning, probably about 20 minutes ago. um, Very, very uh, devastating news. And so we were talking a little bit before the break about impeachment. What, first of all, what are they doing differently from the normal impeachment procedure to hurry this along? Something about a question of, it's a parliamentary. It's a process question. They're getting. They're not. They're not going to basically. They're not going to debate it in, um, in committee in the judiciary committee, and then they're going to get it on the floor, and they're going to have very short debates. Uh, hopefully, with a vote for impeachment by Wednesday, I think is what they're looking at. It, what is what is the provision in the Constitution that allows them to hurry it along like that? So, uh, th- good question. But I, I think. All the Constitution does is is require a vote in the House and the Senate. Um, all the other procedures are procedures that we've built up over the years and, and can be changed. Um, I think it's really important to say that I, I, I know it feels like ancient history, but the first impeachment, um, there is a question of whether or not Mitch McConnell would ever hold a vote in the Senate. Um, and when when he did decide to finally hold a vote in the Senate, there is a discussion of potentially never having, um, you know, uh, int- like uh, evidence introduced and pr- uh, perhaps even not uh, uh, arguments given that. Uh, so in- information or evidence wasn't introduced, but uh, they did allow arguments. But it is possible in both the House and the Senate um, for there just to be simple up and down votes. And, you know, for the people who were um, uh, literally attacked (laughs) by an out of control executive, um, I feel like if there ever is a time to expedite uh, the things, this is the time to do it. like uh, <laughs> um, Trump's Trump's uh, only got a few more days in office, and he seems to be hell bent on um, doing as much damage as possible during that time. And um, I think now is the right time for uh, uh, just going back to the Constitution and uh, doing the bare minimum of and for an expedited impeachment and removal process. And of course, we uh, to McConnell for a second. Uh, McConnell has the ability, and even used parts of it a year ago <laughs> um, when he chose not to uh, accept evidence. Um, but it's up to Nancy Pelosi 
to determine the rules in, on in the House side, and it's up to Mitch McConnell to uh, get the rules in the Senate side. And he can either do it expeditiously or he can uh, uh, drag his feet. Yeah, he, it seems like he's choosing to drag his feet. He has decided to <laughs> set a determinatory trial hearing in the Senate on Inauguration Day at 1 p.m., just before uh, uh, Joe Biden takes office. He does not. He does not have to wait. Um, That's right. We're pushing very hard on social media, telling him, hey, if anything happens between now and then, guess whose fault it is? <laughs> and, and it's going to be really hard to wash that off. Um, harder to wash that off than it was to wash off what happened with the Ukraine impeachment. But he's he's slow rolling it. I can't figure out why, unless what he's trying to do is if there is an attack on the Capitol on January 20th, he can blame it on Democrats impeachment instead of uh, where he should put the blame squarely. Um, That's just total speculation. I'm not I don't (laughs) really honestly uh, I don't know what's in his head or heart because I am not a total asshole. Um, (laughs) So a couple of questions here about the impeachment. There is a provision. There's a big there's a tweet going around. This kills me, saying that if he's impeached in the House again, he automatically loses all of his privileges and benefits, including running for office again. Confirm for me that is not true. In order to be barred from running from office again, there either needs to be legislation or they have to be they have to vote in the Senate to convict and remove him and then do an additional provisional vote to disallow him from running for office again. Is that correct? That's correct. So I, I just like to clarify that, yes, in order to be barred from running from office, he has to be impeached, convicted, and then barred. Uh, the conviction and the bar are both votes in the Senate. Two votes, two separate votes, because voting separate. to voting to convict does not automatically bar you from running for office. Correct. Uh, and so, uh, if an impeachment vote in the house barred him, (laughs) then, oh boy, this would already be precedent, um, because we impeached him in the house a year ago. No, I, as much as I would like for, uh, Trump to be forever barred, uh, I, I'm afraid that a, a mere vote in the house will not do it. Uh, it needs to be the Senate. The same goes for pardons too. I've been I've been f- pushing back on this till I was till I'm blue in the face. People seem to think that a impeached president cannot be pardoned and cannot pardon uh, because <laughs> of the, the the language in the Constitution is wonky. Um, but my understanding of it, and I've talked to several constitutional scholars, is that all that that means about the impeachment thing is that a president cannot overturn an impeachment. A president can't pardon an impeachment. Uh, We know that impeached presidents can pardon people because Trump is an impeached president and he pardoned Flynn successfully. That case got dismissed in Judge Sullivan's court. I'm very angry about that. But um, regardless, and he can be pardoned as well if this won't this will not happen. I think Pence is a little too angry right now. But if Trump resigns and Pence pardons him, he and, and he's been impeached, he can still be pardoned. And there's something else I wanted to ask you about. I just learned this, as a matter of fact, because a while ago, Matt Gates says, we should impeach Obama. And I was like, you dumbass, he's not the president anymore. You can't impeach past presidents. You can, from my understanding. And that is what makes it feasible for them to have a trial and convict and impeach. In fact, if they wanted to, if the, if the Democratic Congress wanted to start impeachment proceedings on January 25th, 
they for Trump, they could do it. Um, it, however, again, it's very important to note that just because we won the majority in the Senate, you still need two thirds of the Senate to vote to convict and remove. So you're still going to have to get 17 or 18 Republicans. Um, and I think they have four or five. Uh, I think uh, Manchin, who's a Democrat, signed on today. <laughs> but um, there, it's it's still a very uphill battle. So to your question about pardons, um the the Constitution does allow um, impeached presidents uh, who have not been removed to to give pardons. There there is a provision uh, that includes the word impeachment in the pardon power. That's that the president can't um, pardon people who are being impeached for other things. Uh, we often think about the impeachment as. Um, as something that happens for the president, um, but it also uh, uh, applies to lower executive um, office holders like the vice president and um, you know the the cabinet uh, and judges. And so uh, that just says that the pardon power can't be used to uh, uh, pardon someone who's being impeached. Uh, and so that unfortunately does not mean that the president can't. Um, can't be pardoned because he's been impeached. And he also can't, uh, some people are saying that he, he legally can't impeach or he legally can't pardon somebody that helped him with his impeachable offenses. That is also not the case. His pardon power is very broad, isn't it? So there is a theory out there that hasn't been tested. Um, and I'm not going to say whether or not I think this theory is accurate because I frankly haven't done enough of the legal research myself, but I've seen um, persuasive attorneys make the case that corrupt pardons can be challenged. Yeah, right. Corruption. If there is a bribe and I bribe the president, um, here's a million dollars. Um, give me a pardon. There is an argument that that is um, not a valid uh, pardon, and therefore that pardon can be overturned. Mm -hmm. Even Bill Barr testified that, you know, when asked if he pardons somebody and it's part of obstruction of justice, would that be an illegal pardon? And Bill Barr's like, yeah, that'd be an illegal pardon. And then he did it with Roger Stone and he did it with Michael Flynn because he dangled those pardons for silence and, and it worked. And it doesn't necessarily have to work. And of course, all, like we've already gone through this ad nauseum on the show. It's all untested. You would have to have somebody bring charges against somebody who was pardoned, and then you would have to challenge it in court. Exactly. Um, so as that argument goes, uh, pardons with a corrupt intent or pardons and uh, in the furthering of a criminal conspiracy, which this might be, um, could be a way around... Um, basically uh, finding that the pardon was was never a valid pardon in the first place. You also can't pardon for future crimes. So if if Flynn and Stone had were part of a conspiracy for this insurrection, that's a brand new crime. And uh, you, again, it does. It's not explicit in the Constitution, uh, but there clearly are agreed upon limits but again would i think that's been challenged in court before but we're again we we find ourselves in uncharted territory so often <laughs> <laughs> well can you tell everybody where they can get more information about your organization sure um lawyers for good government we're uh l4 gg.org l the number 4 gg.org 
Awesome. And can people sign on to the letter or share it? Is it all that information there? Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, you'll probably want to go to our Twitter account, which is lawyers, the number four, good gov. Uh, that's a, we've got a, a, a pinned tweet, which is our, uh, our sign on letter. It is open to both attorneys and non attorneys, and we'd love to uh, have everyone on board. Wonderful. Well, uh, I'd love to have you back on in a couple of weeks to see where we're at and see what worked and see what didn't. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Adam Fernandez, I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Life is very stressful right now, and we have to practice self-care. But taking care of yourself shouldn't add to your stress. And the great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. If you haven't tried CBD, I recommend it. CBD has helped me feel less anxious and more calm. It's even helped me feel less sore after hard workouts or long days. And my favorite thing about Caliper CBD specifically is they've introduced a better way to consume CBD in a powder form. Unlike oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless. It mixes easily in food or drink. It's got precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you'll never question how much CBD you're taking. I put it in my morning coffee or after in my protein shake after a workout or tea before bed to help me sleep. Uh, It's clinically proven also that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD than, than oils. That's so much more that you're getting out of it. And you get all the benefits of the CBD in just 15 minutes. That's about twice as fast as tinctures. And Caliper is completely THC-free, so you get all the benefits without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects. Caliper is made with all natural non-GMO ingredients. There's no fillers, no added chemicals, no additional flavors. So take care of yourself, but make it easy on yourself with Caliper CBD. You get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they will give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code DAILYBEANS for 20% off your first order. All right, everybody, it's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. And boy, like I've said, we, we need the good news this week. So if you have any, thank you, first of all, for submitting your good news. If you have any, send it in to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking contact. We need it. We do. These really do. Uh, it's, it's, I know it's a palate cleanser for you listening. It's a palate cleanser for us talking. I mean, reading these stories, I, I love it. This, I mean, most of them are good news. There's some hard stuff in here too, but it's all humanity and it's all us connecting. So, so thank you. Thank you. Very important. And, and I'll kick this off with McLean, a submission from McLean, pronouns he and him. And they felt the need to say pronounced McLean as in the characters A.G.'s cat played in Die Hard. John McClane, you, you know, yippee Kaye motherfucker fame. Good news. My grandma tested positive for COVID-19. Wait, that's not the good news. <laughs> My 87-year-old grandma is in a nursing home and we haven't been able to see her since March other than 15-minute phone calls behind the glass window once per week. A couple of weeks before Christmas, she tested positive um, for one of her two weekly required COVID tests. She was asymptomatic due to her dementia. She couldn't even remember she had it. Nevertheless, upon hearing of her positive test, I lost my shit. I cried for most of that first day. Although I'm a 36-year-old guy, my grandma is one of my best friends. I talked to her multiple times per week, and she would always be brought to our house on Sundays pre-COVID for football, lunch, and coffee, even if she would sleep through most of it. I'm happy to report she has tested negative and is finally back in her normal room, none the wiser of her COVID experience. I thought in the end how lucky she was to not get seriously ill, but I remember that she has had three knee replacements. Yes, three 
one was replaced a hip a hip replacement and a shoulder replacement and a, and all that after she survived breast cancer decades ago so covid was no match for her she was vaccinated on december 28th and my boyfriend and i cannot wait for her to come to our house for football and sleep in the grandma chair oh. attached for pod pet tax is our mumu who looks like her name. We adopted her a couple of years ago. She's blind in one eye and has a skin condition on her face, but beautiful regardless. And then Arluna, the tortie, a stray that was found under my uncle's porch just a couple weeks old, abandoned by her mother. Thank you for all you do. Cannot wait for cleanup on aisle 45. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, that is a fitty kitty. Look at this moo-moo. Oh. Oh, man. And the tortie's beautiful. Oh, the tor- tortie cats really are absolutely gorgeous. McLean, thank you so, so, so much for the submission. we got more. This is coming from Becca, pronouns she and her. We have two cats. One, a tabby named Hermione, has always been very cuddly and is very much a lap cat. Now, the other, Clara, has the softest, whitest fur, uh, long fur in the universe, and but for the last two years, refused to cuddle or be held. And lately, she's been sitting on our laps and sleeping there, and she's just so nice to snuggle with while we're watching TV or napping. She's so warm and so soft and cuddly with her exactly as amazing as we imagined it would be. Best remedy for the political hell other than, you know, actual progress. Uh, thank you for all that you do. The Daily Beans helps keep me going. And there's Poppet. Oh, look at Hermione with her arm. Like, hello. Yeah, and look at this cat's fur. <gasps> oh, the fluffy mantle, the mane. Oh, my God. The, the- the the chin beard of the white kitty. It does look so soft. Yeah, I love those pillows too. Goodness. Good job. Oh my God. <laughs> Next photo. <laughs> I want a sticker made. <laughs> can we? Can we? Oh, for sure. You should actually sell these on your website. I should. We should. Uh, next up, Jonathan. Pronouns he and him. Howdy, y'all. I'm the guy that sent the Leguminati logo early in the summer and... Uh, in the darkness and exhaustiveness that 2021's entered with, I needed something fun to do. Your podcast helps me limit my doom scrolling because I know that y'all will bring up whatever top stories to pay attention to. <laughs> As uh, Yes, I doom scroll for you and bring you the top stories and try to make jokes so that you don't <laughs> God, fall into a despair no. spiral. As a continued thank you for the daily smiles uh, and light you bring to the world, here are two new logos, AGDG and Amy's Court also. I can now pay the pod pet tax. Attached is a photo of our new border collie puppy, Freya, who just passed her six-month birthday. Take care. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. These are great. AGDG. Amy's. Oh, look at that pupper. Freya, I tell you what, being six months is exhausting. It is exhausting. She looks so soft and tired, like she's been questing. But still one eye open, like, am I missing anything important? Mm-hmm. All right, AG, these next two ones are short, so I'll take the next two. Um, anonymous, good news. I've been telling a lot more people that I love them. Love is a difficult word, but these have been difficult times in telling someone that you love them romantically, platonically, angrily, casually, or however else is appropriate makes the world turn a little easier. Anonymous, I completely agree with you. Um, some people think that when you say it too much, it loses power, but I tell you what, if you feel it, say it. Life is short. We are learning that day in and day out. So thank you. I like the angrily too. AG, I love you. <laughs> like my uncle Frank. I fucking love you. You racist piece of shit. I actually don't really love him that much, but you know, I, I like the angrily because there is angry love. There is. There is. There is. We've had it. But I do like this. This, this makes me want... There's a couple people I should tell that I love them. I'll do that this week. Do it. Now, this one's also from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. My good news and pep 
tags are the same. My daughter-in-laws have this amazing dog who I have only seen through Facebook. His name is Cooper. Uh, when the pandemic is over, I will be traveling from Oregon to Michigan to visit my daughter-in-laws, who I adore as much as I adore their dog. Thank you for this amazing community of humans. Now, everyone, I need you to look. Cooper is a <laughs> massive, massive bulldog. <laughs> Massive bulldog. The second picture. Oh, 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 oh goodness. Oh, and then the third picture has the face with the. He's got three teeth. Big underbite. I would nickname this dog Three Teeth Beef. Oh is what God. I would call him. That is a big bulldog. He is so beautiful. Oh yeah. What an angel. Next up from Angie. Hello, brilliant, beautiful, powerful women. Oh, goodness. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us going during this truly scary and mind-bending time of total madness. I hope your loved ones are safe and healthy. Thank you, Angie. I live in Toronto, Ontario, and I work in healthcare. Thank you for that as well. Our provincial organization has gone through a service provision overhaul during the global pandemic, despite proverbial screaming from frontline staff, me, community partners, service users, and hospitals. Um, that the timing and new model are beyond flawed and ridiculous. The drastic changes have made mine and my colleagues' lives tremendously stressful. In many cases, have completely disrupted our ability to provide our own child care due to changing operating hours, personal care for loved ones who depend on us, and have caused massive incidents of stress leave, loss of wonderful staff, and our morale is incredibly low. A positive is that through this new model, I have had the privilege of getting to know many more of my colleagues, both through assigned virtual team gatherings and also just reaching out to each other for support support and to vent. And for that, I'm grateful. During a virtual meeting recently with one of my new teams, we were sharing any happy stories in an effort to keep our spirits up. One colleague shared a story I couldn't resist passing along. Her husband works in some sort of trade, apologies, I can't remember which one, that allows him to make the plastic for face shields. As we know, PPE is hard to come by outside of medical settings. And even though we rationed them, I recognize we've got it very good here compared to the U.S., uh, what her husband has been doing, had began doing, was producing face shields with the help of her family to secure the elastic and padding to make them comfortable and stay in place for having for anyone having to wear them. This is lovely in and of itself, but the best part is they were making them for our homeless population who rarely have access to PPE and due to the pandemic have virtually nowhere to go if they're awaiting COVID test results. So what this wonderful family has been doing is making the shields and driving around downtown Toronto each weekend, handing them out to as many people as they see on the street as they can. They do this as a family, and it warms my heart. In the climate of witnessing some really bad dudes doing some really bad things, your soon-to-be-gone orange turd and his crime family being uh, at the top of the list, this reminder is that there are really good people out here doing great and selfless things only to serve others. It's so wonderful and it keeps me going. How could I not share that? I'm proud to know people like this and hear from other listeners how large and small uh, how their efforts are to keep everyone afloat. It makes me want to be better and it keeps me in check when I get sucked into a vortex of hell that is all too easily <laughs> easy to sink into given the state of the world. For that, I thank you and your podcast, your listeners' stories, and of course, my wonderful friend and her family. Happy New Year and I'm keeping everything crossed that the U.S. sees no more preventable death and bloodshed, is able to heal, and above all else, this horrible virus begins to see its end of days. Be well, pod friends. Well, it's sad. Well, sad. Um, there's a couple of homeless people. I go on a, a walk every morning in my neighborhood, um, about a four mile loop. And there's a couple of uh, frequent flyers that are in the neighborhood. So I, I uh, I've put uh, together for a few of them, a, a Ziploc bag with a note, whether or not 
they're in touch with reality. I'm not sure, but a note, a $20 bill and a mask. Um, so that way, you know, if they want to go get some food that they can actually go into a building. But, you know, I was thinking, AG, there's probably a lot of people on the streets that are in, I hate to say like, I don't want to say it's a a blissful state of not knowing what's going on, but some of them probably have no fucking idea why everyone's walking around in masks right now. It is, yeah. So I'm, thank you so much. And for all these people doing good things in the world, uh, we're grateful. We are grateful. I do worry about the homeless population, especially in Los Angeles. Um, this next one, this is good news coming from Patrick, pronouns he and him. Greetings, ladies of the bean. I was on a conference call at work when the Capitol was being invaded. I had the TV on in the background and was getting a knot in my stomach just watching it. We all knew it was happening and we all just kept trying to work on the um, on the problem the five of us were gathered for. Uh, it was very hard. It was really hard to work. At one point, someone said, what a day. I can't believe this. At which point, another colleague who is from Ontario piped up with, do you guys need an emotional support Canadian? (laughs) (laughs) We all laughed and every single one of us said, yes. Just that little, that one little phrase broke the mood and let us know that while we were living through something insanely horrible, that we weren't alone and that at least one person from another country knew that they were hurting and offered to help. I have no doubt that if any of us had wanted to come to call her after the meeting, she would have indeed been an emotional support Canadian for us. It means a lot. That's hysterical. For the pet tax, I'm attaching a pet uh, caricature that I just got in the mail today. I commissioned it as a present for my girlfriend's birthday. It shows our black and white pack, our two current dogs, Kirby, the poodle, and Melly, uh, uh, the lab new fee mix. The third dog is our gentle giant Abercrombie, uh, the Newfoundland, uh, the Newfoundland, um, who, pa- Newfound- yeah, I'm assuming that's the same way, right? Newfoundland, who passed, Newfoundland. yeah, mm-hmm. who passed away two years ago. I asked the artist to make them look like old style mobsters and police lineup. <laughs> I think they did a great job. Oh my God. Oh look my at that. God. Newfoundland, <laughs> the muscle, the mouth, this and is the amazing. escape artist. <gasps> this is beautiful. I love Newfoundlands, by the way. So cute. Uh, they're such good. They're such your gentle giant is the perfect way to describe them. I grew up with Pyrenees, which is very closely related to a Newfoundland, and they are just the sweetest, most docile, gentle dogs, but they weigh like 140 pounds. They're huge. <laughs> my my dog Shadow, he would stand up on his hind legs and put his paws on my shoulders, and his head would be above mine, and I'm 5'7". It's, they're just huge. Oh my goodness. I when you just said that when you're he would stand up on his hind legs and put your his hands on your shoulders. My mom, when we were young, she used to sing this to us. And she said, I have a dog. His name is Fido. I have raised him from a pup. He can stand up on his hind legs if you hold his front legs up. (laughs) 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 And it reminds me of it all the time. It makes me giggle. Oh, that's so great. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) My mother's so sweet. If you hold his front legs up. Yep. She also sing. She used to sing this absolutely horrible song to us too. But um, we'll save that one for another podcast. Mm. My dad used to sing a song to us before he would fart. Oh well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. He would say, "Listen to this, too good to miss." Da 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 da, and then he would fart. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would blame it on small imaginary animals. Oh my goodness. Parental humor really is the best sometimes. I mean, how many people's dads have said, did you see that elephant run under the table? I mean, it's... It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Well, thank you all for sending in this good news. We will be back tomorrow. As I, uh, Again, I said we'll be here with uh, Riel Jones, who's going to talk to us uh, about what's going on at the Capitol. Um, and, uh, you know, my and discuss my blind spots and my reporting based on my privilege, which exists because I am and I do have white privilege. So I think it's going to be a really, really informative and constructive and candid discussion. And I hope you guys uh, check it out. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get, get out of here? No, I think we covered it for today, AG. All right. Well, everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>